So I do want to wish a happy Mother's Day to all of us and a blessed Lord's Day as well. It is right and it is good that we acknowledge things like Mother's Day and Father's Day, these days where God has gifted us with ones that have the ability not only to just bring new life into the world, as incredible as that may be, but also given many of these people the giftings required for the raising of children as well. That is why God has designed it such that the family is to be the building block of the church. We are a church family made up of our own nuclear families, and it is a good thing when we can see families raised in the discipline and the admonition of the Lord. But as I was reminded in a post from one of our women this week, Mother's Day is a hard day for many. I thought it was worthwhile to read the post. God knows Mother's Day is hard for the single woman who wants a family, the person who misses their mother, for the woman who can't have children, for the mom who has miscarried or experienced a stillbirth, for the mom with an estranged child, for the mom who has lost a child, for the mom who feels like a failure, for the mom who you fill in the blank. When I thought of filling in the blank, one that I thought deserved to be mentioned is also a hard day for those who have a difficulty celebrating a Mother's Day for their mother was never much more than a birth giver who shunned the responsibilities of motherhood entirely and they grieve the motherhood that should have been. So it is right and it is good that we acknowledge and celebrate our mothers and the mothers around us. But we should also acknowledge that any time that we look closely at God's good gift, His many good gifts to fallen man, that when we look close enough, we will also see instances where our own fallenness, our own sin, has crept in and tarnished what was designed by God to be an amazing thing and an incredible blessing. Where sin has brought death, where sin has brought an improper use of the role of mother. So let us celebrate where there is reason to celebrate and grieve where there is reason to grieve, and let us do so together, where we celebrate with one another and we grieve with one another, all the while still able to glorify God for His good gift of motherhood, in spite of the ways that it may have been distorted by sin or death or the world around us. We're going to go back to a tradition that we had kind of developed where on Mother's Day and Father's Day we took some time to look at a mother or a father from the Word or from history that has displayed the qualities of godly motherhood or godly fatherhood. 
I was looking at mothers to go through. You have Eve, the, the mother of all mankind. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Sarah, the mother of Isaac. And this morning, we're going to look at a very special mother indeed. And like this mother, she has had a great impact. She also was faithful in raising her children. She was a godly woman, wife, and mother. But unlike these women that I had just listed, this mom wouldn't necessarily qualify as an A-list biblical celebrity. She's not made any billboards. She's not found in Hebrews' Hall of Fame of Faith like Sarah was. Even her own son is recorded of saying of her, she was not very much of a theologian. But that introduction might set the bar too low, but this woman raised one of the more influential church leaders of today. She is Ruth Piper. I know that when Tony was putting this slide together this morning and people were walking in, goes, well, who's Ruth Piper? And nobody came in, oh, yeah, Ruth Piper, we know her. And maybe it is the, the role of a mom sometimes that you don't get the recognition that sometimes you are due. Ruth Piper, wife of Bill Piper and mother of John Piper, and John Piper, as many of us already know, was the founder of Desiring God Ministries and former pastor of Bethlehem Baptist Church and a professor and a theologian and a teacher and someone that has had a great impact on many of us. Like I said, I had no shortage of ladies to look through for highlighting in this service. I mean, I didn't have to look far. I had the moms closest to me, my mom by birth and my mom by marriage, both good and godly women. The mother of my children, Sherry, and I mean my paternal grandmothers, both good and godly women. I have been incredibly blessed to have a legacy of incredible mothers surrounding me in my life. I even thought about going to my grandmother Bateman, who some of us even had a chance to meet when she was a minister's wife back here in the 70s. I knew that she was a faithful pastor's wife. She rose, raised five children to know and to love the Lord as best she could. But unfortunately, she passed in 2008, and I didn't get a chance to know enough of her history to bring a message on her life. But when I was thinking about that, I was taken to Ruth Piper here because she provides a great facsimile, though, because I, can, I could highlight some incredibly influential or exceptionally educated or abundantly gifted or remarkably connected women from church history. But Ruth Piper was none of those things, at least not in, our ways, in ways that our world would recognize. In fact, she was exactly what I was looking for. A woman who would easily qualify as normal. And like my grandmother, she faithfully cared for a minister's family by the grace 
that God alone can provide. We do have some incredible women in our church. Women, mothers, daughters, wives, and some may be so unavoidably gifted that you will leave an impact on the world, the likes of which that very few of us could hope to attain to. And if that's the case, then that is incredible, and I think even still we can take something from this woman today. But particularly for the ordinary lady among us, the one who doesn't see herself as the kind of special as to deserve such recognition, this is uniquely for the normal. And I will use words like normal and average and ordinary, and these words sometimes take on a a negative connotation. We want to be exceptional and great and awesome and special. But in my life, in my experience, the exceptional and great and awesome and special mothers have been something of the norm, but they have not been flashy. They have not been particularly jump out and identify themselves as such. When I was looking for, and this is a, a plug for our church library, when I was looking for a woman to, to highlight here, I stumbled across a book by uh, Tim Challies. It's called Devoted, Great Men and Their Godly Moms, Stories of Women Who Shaped Christian Leaders. That's going to be a book that uh, Lynn is going to be adding to our church library, and I want to thank Lynn for her ministry in our church library and the opportunity we have to be equipped in such a great way. But let's set some background for Ruth Piper. Wife of Bill Piper, she was born Ruth Mon in October 7, 1918. Some hundred kilometers from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She came to faith in her young teens, studied music at Moody Bible Institute, and married Bill Piper in 1938. Bill and Ruth had two children, an oldest daughter, Beverly, and a son, John. Bill Piper, John's dad, was an itinerant evangelist. He would travel for weeks at a time preaching the gospel all around North America. And by the family's estimates, he was gone about two-thirds of the time. That made for another reason why I thought Ruth's story would be so deeply appropriate for our church because I know we don't have too many families comprised of traveling missionaries here, but we do have a significant number of our families where fathers either work away or work long enough hours that during their time on shift, their time at home during parenting hours is pretty limited. So I want to take a moment on behalf of every father who works away or works long hours. I want to thank the wives and the mothers and the surrogate mothers of our children for the burden you carry and for the support that you show to our families. We could not do 
what God has called us to do without you doing what God has called you to do. And I want to apologize for the times where we may take it for granted, this incredible gift that God has given us. God has, by his good plan, designed marriage to work like this, this give and take. When talking about his family, John Piper described it this way. Since my father was away two-thirds of the year, I knew my mother as both an omnicompetent single parent and as a complementarian wife. You might think this is a prescription for disaster. The man comes in and out of the home. But to my mother's astonishing credit, it wasn't a disaster. When he was away, she did everything and did it with ease and excellence. When he came home, she genuinely loved his leadership. He gathered us to the table. He got us to church. He called us for family devotions. He spoke first and firmest word of discipline. He initiated going out to eat at Howard Johnson's. He showed the kind of manly courtesies which today are despised. And in all this, my mother beamed. She loved it. Later, I would learn that the Bible calls this submission. And of course, the fact that she loved Daddy's leadership had nothing to do with her incompetencies. As far as I knew, she didn't have any. It had to do with a deep sense of fitness about the way God has choreographed the dance of manhood and womanhood in marriage. I was blessed with a front row seat at the drama of marriage in which my mother took the Oscar for omnicompetent womanhood as a complementarian wife. From my vantage point, anyways, I know that I have a wife and that there are many wives here who have had great success in learning this dance. None of us are perfect and we will occasionally step on one another's toes. But overall, I can see God working in many hearts in our church, in many marriages in our church, and a faithful commitment to God's design for marriage. And speaking of his omnicompetent mother in the marriage to his father, Bill, John had this to say. When I was a boy growing up in Greenville, South Carolina, my father was away from home about two-thirds of every year. And while he preached across the country, we prayed, my mother, my older sister, and I, and what I learned in those days was that my mother was omnicompetent. She handled the finances, paying all the bills and dealing with the bank and creditors. She once ran a little laundry business on the side. She was active on the park board, served as a superintendent of the intermediate department of our Southern Baptist Church, and managed some real estate holdings. She taught us how to cut the grass and splice electric cord and pull Bermuda grass by the roots and paint the eaves and shine the dining room table with a chamois and drive a car and keep french fries from getting soggy in the cooking oil. She helped me with the maps and geography and showed me how to do a bibliography and work up a science project on static electricity and I believe that algebra 2 was possible. She dealt with the contractors when we added a basement and more than once put her hand to the shovel. It never occurred to me that there was anything she couldn't do. I heard one time that women don't sweat, they glow. Not true. My mother sweated. It would drip off the end of her long, sharp nose. Sometimes she would blow it off when her hands were pushing the wheelbarrow full of peat moss, or she would wipe it with her sleeve between the strokes of a swing blade. My mother was strong. I can remember her arms even today, 30 years later. 
They were big, and in the summertime, they were bronze. Hearing Piper talk about his mother, my first observation was that this was a woman who defied the somewhat idiotic caricature of the busybody, gossiping, suburban socialite, the quote-unquote stay-at-home mom. I think when someone asked many of our homemaker moms in the congregation, well, what do you do for a living? Often they just sheepishly call themselves stay-at-home moms. And this is the negative stigma that they're envisioning. Well, I, I, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. But Ruth Piper, and not to mention many of our incredible moms here and in our extended families, really do put that to rest. Whether the men from our homes are away or they're available every night, I know that there are many women here that I would be proud to have my children learn a work ethic from, not the least of which being my wife. Ruth Piper did whatever she could do to provide for her family, whether it was Amway sales or real estate management or her little coin laundry side hustle. She did her best to chip in as she could. But above all of that, she made sure that things were cared for at home and with her family. She was a stay-at-home mom, but she was so much more than just a birth giver who didn't typically work outside of the home. She was a homemaker, a mother, a wife, a tutor, a chef, a landscaper, a Bible study leader, a prayer warrior, and the list goes on, as it does for many of our women. And that leads to my second observation that shaped much of the order of service for us this morning. The Bible has much to say about the value of hard work and the way it ought to be both commended and encouraged. And Proverbs was the book that has contributed more than just about any other to that conversation. And unsurprisingly, the book of Proverbs was far and away, Ruth Piper's favorite book. John said of his mom, Mama knew the good book, especially the Proverbs. Years later, when I was 3,000 miles away, she kept on quoting Proverbs in her salutations. The message was always the same, the pulse beat of her heart. Be wise, son, be truly wise. Fear God and keep your heart warm. From the example of Ruth Piper, hard work was a mainstay. And that was based off of the commandments of Scripture. She worked hard because Scripture has commanded us to work hard. I was able to talk about this with my children last night because Sherry and I spent a beautiful, sunshiny, hot day yesterday going through and starting to try to reclaim our yard from the winter's ravages, whether it be clearing out planter boxes or trimming trees or having the garden tilled up. or We worked hard yesterday out in the sun, and at the end of the day when we sat down to family worship, we were able to spend some time talking about how God has commanded us to work. God has commanded us not to be busybodies or idle gossips, but to work, 
and to work hard, and to work hard not for our own glory, but to do all things for His glory. Ruth Piper's dedication to hard works and her love of Proverbs go hand in hand. In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. The hand of the diligent will rule, while the slothful will be put to forced labor. Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. These are just a few of the dozens of exhortations throughout Proverbs to work diligently. And in Paul's letter to the Colossians, he puts a finer point on this concept of hard work as being God-honoring when he says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So let me encourage our mothers, and not only our mothers, but each of us, to take the example of Ruth Piper to heart, that we would work heartily as for the Lord, diligently toiling for His glory and for the good of both our earthly families and for our church family. Sometimes it's easy just to think of hard work as being the lot of someone who is a good and moral person. But that doesn't get us very far, especially in a society these days that you don't necessarily have to work hard to scrape by. We must work hard, for the Bible has commanded us to work hard, but we do not do so for our own glory. We do not do so so we can buy the next toy that we want. We work hard for the glory of God, for we know that we are serving the Lord Christ as we work. My final observation from what John was saying about his mother was just how ordinary it all is. Eve, Mary, Sarah, those biblical giants I mentioned earlier, they are ones whose accomplishments and acts of faith are legendary, spoken throughout all history. God used them in absolutely incredible ways. He's done things that are so above and so beyond and so incredible. But the vast majority of women throughout history, the vast majority of humankind throughout history, will never knowingly speak to an angel. They will never be called the matriarch of mankind. They will never be told and believe that at 90 they will conceive their firstborn son. No, by history's standard, the majority of us will live generally unremarkable life. It's not to say that our lives are unremarkable, just that in the grand scheme of things, we will have rather normal lives, and just as Ruth Piper lived a rather normal life. There's a reason why when Ruth Piper's name goes up on the screen, we go, who? Because she lived a normal, faithful, ordinary life. I could have keyed in on the feminine biblical superheroes, 
And there is a place for that. God has used women in incredible ways. God continues to use women in incredible ways. I thought about um, Charlotte or Lottie Moon, the teacher and the evangelist to the country of China. Or Fanny Crosby, the queen of gospel songwriters, who wrote over 9,000 hymns, although she was blind from infancy, writing songs such as Safe in the Arms of Jesus and Blessed Assurance. And while I don't doubt that we have equally incredible moms and women in our midst, the reality is that the mark left by us here this morning, each of us here this morning, will likely be measured in our contributions to raising our families and in our own personal faithfulness to the Lord rather than how we are recorded in the history books. When commenting on Ruth's life, Tim Challey said this, Shortly after Ruth died, John found one of Ruth's folders labeled Unfinished Business. He opened it to find it empty and took this as an apt symbol of her life. Mother, while she lived here, was a finisher of tasks, he said in his eulogy. She left no business behind that was left unfinished because of sloth or mismanagement. What she left undone, God chose to leave undone, not mother. Shelley says, John Piper is a great theologian whose primary influence in life and faith was, in his words, not very much of a theologian. Though she did not give him the content of his theology, she shaped the way he approached his life. Through her willingness to bear any burden, through her simple but tenacious faith, through her tender empathy, through her ordinary life, she made an immeasurable impact on her son. From the life of Ruth Piper, we see that he can, in fact, that he delights to use ordinary mothers to carry out his purposes. Ruth dedicated her life to serving her husband and nurturing her family. Though she did this in simple ways, it made a profound impact. So as you give yourself to ordinary study of the Bible, ordinary service, and ordinary tasks, Know that God often uses such faithfulness to bring about extraordinary things. I can't say it much better than that. To the moms and the women among us, and to our men equally so, it is my prayer that should God not choose you to do some extraordinary thing for which you will go down in the history books, that you would continue in ordinary faithfulness. And if you feel like maybe that hasn't been your pattern up until now, thankfully, you don't have to single-handedly cultivate a spiritual revival on a national scale in order to get back on track. You don't need to do something extraordinary to get back on track if your faithfulness has been lacking. Instead, your heart must be revived by the Holy Spirit and you must determine to act in simple faithfulness wherever God has placed you. And this kind of faithfulness is assumed of mothers in Isaiah 49, verse 15. God says, Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. It's my kind of final thought as we start to wrap up this morning. 
the faithfulness that God assumes of mothers, that they would remain faithful to remember the needs of their children, it pales in comparison to the faithfulness of our God. In that passage, God is promising to care for and restore Israel, a people and a nation that have been unfaithful to the core and that have been judged harshly for their unfaithfulness, and yet he promises that he will not forget them, that he will redeem and restore them for their good and for his own glory. So I encourage each one of us this morning, particularly our mothers, to continue to display the kind of ordinary faithfulness that would bring glory to God in even the most seemingly mundane areas of life. As you care for your home, as you tutor your kids in schoolwork, as you make dinners, as you change diapers, as you pursue the well-being of your family, remember that your faithfulness to whatever God has called you to is designed to be a mirror reflecting His faithfulness, the faithfulness that God has unyieldingly shown to His people. And by all means, if God places some world-changing opportunity for faithfulness in your path, take it. But if yours is a simple life, lived in faithfulness to the Lord, know that there is no less honor to be found there, and surely you will be rewarded by the one who has given you such a task in the first place. There is no less honor for the woman who faithfully manages and cares for her home and her family than for the greatest of woman evangelists throughout the world. Why? Because God has gifted one such to be an evangelist. We talked about that recently in our passage through Ephesians. And God has gifted some with the gift of being an incredible mother, a faithful mother, We thank God for the honor that he has placed on fathers and mothers, on the families of our church. The reason why we do these bios and why they're so valuable is that we recognize that when the Bible says, honor your father and mother, that it means it. That we should honor the fathers and mothers of this church, not just biological. I know that my children will have as many spiritual fathers and mothers as I can count around this church. I know that when my father passed away, when I was a young boy, that the youth minister of the church that I grew up in became a spiritual father to me that had an incredible impact on my life. I know that there are men and women throughout this church that will impact the children and the young people around this church in ways that we can't even fathom. So whether you have children or not, whether your children have moved out and are no longer living with you, you can be a mother to dozens and hundreds of children. That is what we see as the example for the church, that the older women would mentor the younger women, that the older men would mentor the younger men, and that in so God would build up his church and encourage growth 
and his glory in the church. So this morning, thanks be to God for the godly mothers among us. Mothers to their own children, and many of them surrogate or supplementary mothers to many children not their own. And whether you are a mother or a father, single or married, all of us can accept the godly example of such mothers, as John Piper has, and look to emulate those. Look to the commands of Scripture to be faithful to it and bring God glory in whatever you say and whatever you do, even as ordinary as it may be. Would you join with me in prayer? Our God and our Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you delight to use the ordinary as well as the extraordinary. Lord, your example throughout Scripture has shown that you often even use the undeserving to bring about a change in the world the likes of which we could barely imagine. And Lord, we know that some days the best we can hope to attain for is ordinary. But Lord, we ask that you would grant us the gift of faith that whatever you have called us to, even if it be just ordinary, that we would discharge our gifts and our duties well so as to bring you glory in the church, bring you glory in our families, bring you glory in our workplaces, bring you glory wherever you take us. And that we might be a faithful example of what it looks like to live a life that is normal, but a life that is incredibly devoted to you. And Lord, we thank you that you have given us such godly examples throughout church history that we can acknowledge with the writer of Hebrews that we have such a great cloud of witnesses around us that spur us on. We can look to the lives of the saints, both modern and of old, and go, you have given us these, you have been faithful to these, so we will be faithful to you. And that we might press on and pursue in faith the incredible glory that you have shown us that we would pursue a knowledge of you, that we would grow in our desire to bring you glory and honor and praise. And Lord, as we go from here this morning and we celebrate the goodness of godly mothers, we pray that you would encourage our hearts by their examples. As we go from here and we seek to live by those examples of faith. We pray that you would gift us with the strength to do so. God, I thank you for the family of Elk Point Baptist Church, for the families in Elk Point Baptist Church, and for the impact that you have had upon each of our lives, calling us to yourself that we might know you, and that we might see 
in every facet of our lives, your fingerprints and your working to conform us to the likeness of your Son, Jesus Christ. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now again, to close, we're going to go back to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Church, I pray that you would go and trust in the Lord with all your own heart that you would not forget the teaching of God's Word, and that for those of us who have been given godly mothers, and whether biological or not, that you would not forget their godly teaching, their godly examples, and that you would honor them, and if you have the opportunity, tell them of the influence that they've had. God bless you.